Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, good to see you guys. Love my church. I want to say welcome to the online church. We have a beautiful church online. So I say I love you to you and thank you so much for being a part of us this morning. Um, Man, it's good to be here. So we're in a series. This is number four. Uh, Next week is the last in a little short series. Series is entitled, Things Jesus Never Said. Things Jesus Never Said. I'm telling you, I said it a couple times. Jesus is probably one of the most misquoted people you'll ever meet. I mean, I'll be places and I'll hear people say stuff and say, you know, that's in the Bible. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's, nah, that's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. And those are just like, oh, that's in the Bible. Dude, you need V8. That's not in the Bible, all right? Don't walk out living that. That's not in the Bible. I'm sorry, that kind of hurt. I need hair. Uh, so <laughs> it's going to turn red now. But, 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 but Jesus, I mean, people say stuff all the time, and they say, well, that's in the Bible. And people are like, okay, that's in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. Jesus didn't say that. And so we're going to look today at one that Jesus never said this. And if this is you, you gotta flush this. this. Jesus didn't say this. Jesus never said you get what you deserve. Man, he didn't say that. Thank you, Jesus, he didn't say that. The power of what Jesus did say. I wanna look at the power of what Jesus did say. And and for me, sometimes, if I wanna really grasp the power of what Jesus really says, you need to look at what he didn't say. You need to contrast him. I like to contrast sometimes what he didn't say. I mean, he could have said this, but he didn't say it. I like to see maybe what I would have said (laughs) that I shouldn't have said, all right? I like to see, when you see it like that, you can embrace the power of what he truly did say. See, there's times in Scripture, there's encounters in Scripture, and there's there's places in Scripture where Jesus has this moment, and you're like, man, he said that, he didn't say that, and just contrast those, it's like, wow. But I want to look today at one uh, that I think is going to jump off the pages to you because I think we battle it. So I want to ask you questions before we get to it too far. Do you ever battle the feeling of guilt? Just feeling guilty? Did something wrong? Said something wrong? Didn't do something? Did do something? Didn't say something? <laughs> did say something, all right? I want to look at this. So do you realize what the number one area of guilt is for people? Just give you some interesting stats today. You know what the number one area is? Food. <laughs> right before lunch, this is fair. Food. Do you realize this? I looked this up. This is interesting to some people. Uh, 29%, I 
I don't know how they got 29. Let's just call it 30, okay? But 29% of what we eat makes us feel guilty. <laughs> 29%, I'm telling you, nothing I eat makes me feel guilty. I'm like, I mean, I just eat it, dude. I'm free. I'm free in Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. But 29% of what people eat makes them feel guilty. So here's an interesting stat. So guys, love guys, they feel guilty for 20 minutes. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have eaten that. Well, that's over. When's the next meal? Ladies, two and a half hours. Y'all need to get free. I'm just telling you right now, man, that's just too long. For some of you, like two and a half days. Like, they eat salad for a week. Like, I ate this hamburger the other day. I'm like, you put a, if you're going to punish yourself, you should have put cheese on it. Just put some bacon, too. But if you're going to go, go in, baby. I mean, let's, if you don't eat salad for a week, you got to earn it. I mean, food guilt, man. Some, I'm talking to some people. Y'all got food guilt. I'm telling you, you do, all right? You, got, you shop that way. You're shopping out of guilt. Don't shop out of guilt. Just have fun. All right? So there's other guilt. There's mom guilt. Okay, I don't know anything about this, but they say there's mom guilt, all right? Do I, do I work outside the home? Do I stay at home? That's, that's, that's hard for moms. It is. It's a struggle. They see other moms, and they're guilty when they see other moms because they're like, oh, I'm not that mom, and then they're guilty. How about the mom who makes everything homemade? <laughs> what in the world? I mean, like, you look in your backseat and you're like, McDonald, Burger King, Chick-fil-A, Canes. I mean, you're like guilt. I mean, this guilt just comes over you and you're like, oh, what do my kids think about me? I mean, I mean, how about the mom? That, somebody always has to take it to another level. You know, you got the mom that bakes and cooks at home, but then you got that mom that when they bring something, they made it and they baked it. And you're like, uh, mine's united. <laughs> I mean, and then you're like, take the sticker off or, you know, put it on a real nice plate so they think you made it, you know? And then if you get that barcode at the bottom of the pan, you know, you got to get that off too because that's a giveaway, right? But you got all this mom guilt stuff going on. And then your children do stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, they bear my last name. But then you're set free as a mom because you're like, no, they don't bear my last name. They bear his last name. I'm free. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's not my kid. Right? But there's all kind of mom guilt. Dads, I don't want to let you off the hook either. So there's dad guilt. Dad's always working. Yeah, who, who misses that? Why is dad not in the picture? He's at work. Dad, you should have been there. <sighs> all right? I mean, you got all that. Dad always misses out, all right? But here's the deal. You get to do all that because dad's at work. If you want dad to bid all that stuff, if I stay home and don't do all that stuff, guess what? You won't do that stuff. So you got to figure out which one you want me because I can do all that, okay? So you got all that man guilt going on, that dad guilt going on. Then you got the one, you don't play with your children enough. I mean, do you want me to play? Because I'm 55 and you say, don't be a kid. But then you want me to go jump on trampolines. So then I act like a kid. So can't have both ways. So, so you got that dad guilt going. All right? So <laughs> you can get there, you know what I mean? And then how about this one? This is the guilt. My dad's not cool. <laughs> when was that a prerequisite to being a dad, right? And you're like, Dad, you can't wear shorts because white socks aren't in anymore. 
You're like, well, they're in when I got jeans and boots on. Well, you don't have jeans and boots on, Dad, so you can't wear white socks. Like, I'll roll them down. Oh, Lord, help. Don't roll them down. That's even worse, all right? So you got all this man guilt stuff going on, man. You got to walk in. How about Christian guilt? There's a lot of Christian guilt out there. Don't know the word. I don't know enough word. You don't pray enough. You don't pray with your kids enough. You don't pray with your wife enough. You don't pray with your husband enough. You don't serve enough. You don't give enough. You got the Christian guilt. How about general guilt? I'm just not strong enough. Man, I'm just not disciplined enough. I let people down. I, I, I can't say no. All right? Well, all I do is say yes. Well, everybody I say yes to loves it, but you don't like it. And then you got this guilt back and forth. There's pastor guilt. Oh, yeah. Pastor, you need to get some men in your life, and they speak into your life. And then you meet the guy that says, too many people are talking to you, preacher. You need to get along and hear God. I'm like, oh, my gosh, which way do you go? All right? so, so there's all kind of guilt out there. But can I tell you something? That's not how he designed it. That's not what Jesus, he doesn't want you walking in that. Because we walk in this mindset that we get what we deserve. Listen to me. I'm not separating the fact that there are consequences to sin. There are. But listen to me. There is freedom, freedom in Christ. And there is forgiveness under the blood of Calvary. Man, he says you confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us and walk out of that free. Walk out of it free. So I want you to turn to a passage of scripture, uh, Luke chapter 23. This, this text is not a text that's new to us, okay? But I want you to see the contrast that happens in this, in this passage. Luke chapter 23, these are the last hours of Jesus' life, okay? Uh, and, and, and it's a very interesting um, story because instead of wearing a, gro- a gold crown, Jesus is wearing a crown of thorns. Instead of being surrounded by servants, (laughs) he's surrounded by thieves. And instead of sitting on a throne, he's hanging on a cross. So I want you to see this in Scripture. This is Luke chapter 23, beginning in verse 32. So there's two other men both criminals were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to a place called the skull, there they, were cru- they crucified him along with the criminals, one on the right, the other on the left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, The people stood watching, and the rulers even snared at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. Verse 36, the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews. 
I want you to picture this for a little bit. Here's Jesus. Here he is, the son of God. He is flanked by two thieves. The people mocked him and cursed him and made fun of him and said, save yourself if you are the king. And all this junk. And Jesus, out of his incredible love for them, said, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. Can you understand that love? Can you understand the magnitude of that love? I don't know that we do, man. Pax said earlier, man, don't, isn't it good to be saved? Don't forget what it was like when you got saved. Some of you were saved out of not much, as you would categorize it, and some were saved out of a lot, man. Can I want you, I want you to understand, man, his love for you, you can't contain it. He will pursue you. He will chase you down. He will never stop loving you. He will never stop pursuing you. He will never, never stop calling your name, man. No matter where you go, no matter what happens in your life, if you can think about the most darkest moment that you've ever had in the history of your life, can I want you to know something? You were never alone in that moment. As dark as it was, the thoughts that you had, the things that you were doing, what you were contemplating you were about to do, dark as it was, I want you to know something. Just a tiny little bit of light began to penetrate your darkness, and all of a sudden you realize, boy, he loves me. Can I say something to you if that's you or have been you? You're enough. You are enough. If it was only you, he would have done that. He would have. Because he loves you, man. Once you look at verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Mm. I had the... Uh, Mm, the incredible privilege when I was about 26 years old, probably, 27, I don't know exactly how old, might have been 25, I don't know, but in the mid 20s, I got out of college. I was in full-time ministry, very beginning in my ministry, and I was in Gladewater. My aunt works for the FBI, or she's retired now, but I knew a, a pastor, was a pastor, now he does jail ministry that, that was licensed by the state of Texas to go in and do Bible studies in worship nights um, in prisons. He invited me to join him in Huntsville, Texas one Tuesday evening. He was going in to lead worship um, to the inmates and he invited me to come. He said, you'll never see anything like this, Jeff. So I did not have the credentials that they had. So I could go in and I could go into the first like level of that chamber, but not all the way down the halls where he was going to go. But he said, you, you can hear, you, it, it'll be fine. Where you're going to be is really going to be the best seat in the house. So I'm like, all right. So I walk in and it's absolutely intimidating. It is. It's scary to death. And so I walk in and as he enters, we're in this first little section. As he enters into the main hallway, inmates all up, I mean, way up and on the sides of him. 
As he comes in, they greet him. Pastor! And then you hear it echo, Pastor! All the way down the hall. And I'm like, man, that's stinking cool. And so then he says this. God is good. And the whole place starts going all the time. And he says, all the time. And they say, God is good. And he walks. And they start, they're at the bars, and they start chanting it. And it gets louder. It's like a wave. It gets louder and louder louder. That is their call to worship. In just a little bit, you're going to hear a clang, and, the, and they unlock, and they begin to walk with him to what they call the worship chamber. And dude, I'm standing back here. Mm. I'm standing back here going, what in the fat, man? Some of these guys will never see the outside of these walls again. God is good. I gripe some days, man, and I'm on the outside. Jeff Parney, you better check your whole car, dude. Something wrong with you. And I'm watching this from back here as he walks, and he's got that Bible up, and he's waving it. God is good. And then my old boy say, all the time. And then he says, all the time. And they say, God is good. And then before they even get into the worship chamber, he pulls out a guitar and he starts strumming it. And worship starts like you've never seen before. I just want you to understand how good he is. Because he meets you right where you're at, man. And he doesn't leave you there. He says the redeemed of the Lord stands up in the middle of that stuff. And he says, let my redeemed say so. And no matter where you find yourself, man, if you've been saved out of a little or saved out of much, he is good. He is good. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so, man. If they can sing in there, hmm, why are we not singing out here? Come on, why are we not? Is it really that bad? We don't understand how good he is, man. He's so good. He's a criminal on one side. He don't know how good he is. He don't even know who he's talking to. We're about to see who he's talking to. Look at verse 40. But the other criminal mm, rebuked him and said this. Do you not fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for what we are getting, what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Mm, get that picture, please. One, mocking and cussing him. The other, whoo, do you know who know who that is? We get what we deserve. He's up here done nothing. He's taken our place. You got front row seat to that, and you don't see it. He's he's without sin. He's unblemished. He's a spotless lamb. He's the one set apart. He was born to die for us. We've done wrong. 
He ain't done anything wrong. You're speaking out of your wrong. Absolutely, he ain't doing nothing wrong. Don't you see, man, how good he is? How good he is. I need some help, church, and online. I need you to help me finish some common phrases that we say. What goes around comes around, amen? Your past will come back to haunt you. Come on. You make your bed, you got to lay in it. All different ways to say what? You get what you deserve. Mm, you get what you deserve. Then I want you to see verse 32. I mean, for, verse 42. Then he said, mm, this is a thief, man. Justly, rightfully up there. Jesus, mm, what name? What a name. Jesus. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Woo. No other name given that man may not be saved, might be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me, let me help you see something. The thief, that thief that just said that, do nothing to earn his standing with God. He couldn't do it. He couldn't improve it. It was his, it was sealed. He was where he was. Nothing he could do. It wasn't going to get any better. The thief couldn't walk a straight and narrow. Why? Because his feet were bound to a cross. That thief, he couldn't perform any good works. Why? <laughs> His hands were busy, right? The thief, he couldn't turn over a new leaf. He's about to breathe his last breath. And that thief, he couldn't join no church because he couldn't get off that cross. That thief couldn't do nothing, man. Nothing. Jesus didn't say to him, <laughs> Yeah, you got all that word right, but I never did like you. You get what you deserve, thief. Too late for you. Your future, hell. He didn't say that to him. He didn't say any of that. See, the power sometimes is whoo, what he didn't say. What about you? If you're in that center cross, what you saying to him? You're the reason I'm up here. <laughs> you deserve that. I don't. Let's look at what he said, though. We know what he didn't say. Let's look at what he said. Verse 43. Mm. Jesus answered him. I love that. I love those two words. See, he said Jesus. He, 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 in 42, he addresses him as Jesus. Nowhere in this until that point. Then Jesus answers him. Just so you know that that dude was right on the name given to the dude in the middle. Jesus answered him. I'll tell you the truth Today, 
Today, you will be with me in paradise. Today, this hour, you're gonna be with me in paradise. You're gonna be with me in heaven. You're gonna be in heaven, in heaven with me. Mm. Lord, help. You see that dude? Mm. He, couldn't, he couldn't get down, join some church. Can I tell you something? Church is awesome. The church ain't gonna get you to heaven. Well, you can't go to heaven till you walk that aisle, go down there and fill out that membership card. They weren't walking up to him going, hey, listen, dude, I know what he just said, but mm, you ain't member of no church and you need to fill this out. He ain't gonna fill that out. His hands are tied. He can't fill that out. Don't think walking into a church is gonna make it automatic for you to walk into heaven. Don't work like that. Now, that's a good step. And if you're here, that's beautiful. Online, if this is your church home or you got a church home, that's a beautiful thing, going to church. Do not forsake the assembling together. Amen. But listen to me. He says you can go to church all day. But if your name might be in a church membership row, but if it's not in the heavenly row, you're not coming home. He said, gee, I've been in church all my life. So, you never called on the name of the Lord. Never called on the name. You called on the church, but you didn't call on me. What that thief also didn't ever get the chance to do is this. He didn't get a chance to get baptized. Some denominations put a lot of weight in baptism. Jesus put zero. <laughs> Sorry. The thief didn't say, well, now that I got that, I'm going to be with you in paradise. I better get my baptism taken care of. Baptism does not save you. Does not save you. Even as an infant, it does not save you. Baptism doesn't save you. Salvation comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. You confess your sins to Jesus. He is, he is right to forgive you and justify you and make you new. You are born again by calling out to the name of Jesus and say, I'm a mess, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Will you save me? You're born again. Born again. If you die on the way to church to get baptized, you're still in heaven. And if you think just because a preacher dunked you in a beautiful church and grandma's so happy, oh, I'm so happy. That ain't it. Because later when you realize Jesus really is real and he can change my life and you've been playing church and you meet Jesus and you were once blind, but now you go, whoa, I can see now, baby. Yep. Now you get back in that water and you get that baptism on the right side of salvation because it's believer's baptism, my friend. Don't get baptized for any other reason except that you've been born again. It's not gonna change you. It's just gonna get you wet. Taking a bath gets you wet too, but until you use soap, you ain't clean. You smell like a puppy every time until you use that soap. Listen to me, you know what else that, that, you know what else that thief didn't do? He didn't get a chance to tithe. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna write checks, give to the church, and my good style be real big, and my bad stack will be real small, and then when I die one day, God go, ooh, look at that stack. Mm, boy, you gave to my church. Welcome in. No. 
He's going to look at that good stack of money that you gave to the church without being born again. He's going to say, I don't need your money. What I wanted was you. Away from me, I never knew you. What about all them checks? You knew me. I had my name in the top left corner. No. It ain't about tithing. It's about Jesus. When you meet Jesus and he saves you, you're going to give to the kingdom. Why? Because you understand his love. His love. What about serving? I serve this church. I serve, I serve, I serve. I know I'm going to heaven. No. Serving doesn't get you to heaven. We serve out of salvation, not to earn salvation. Don't think you can serve your way to heaven, okay? We are saved to do good works, but not by good works. Somebody needs to hear that. That's a big difference. The thief didn't get to do any of this stuff, and Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Paradise. We hear that, and we go, wait a minute. If you're really mad, you say what my granddad did. Wait a cotton-picking minute. He lived by the beach. I don't know where he picked cotton down there. I don't. <sighs> I'd have talked to that Cherokee Indian later one day in heaven because I don't understand that phrase from my grandfather. But he, you get mad. Wait a minute. You telling me that thief, all he got to do is just cry out, Jesus, remember me when you enter your he- in your heaven. Today you'll be with me in paradise. That's all. He, he's a sorry sucker, man, and you're just going to save him just like that. Uh-huh. That's what I did to you. That's what I did to you. Well, mine ain't that bad. Not that bad, but it's bad. He said, that's not fair. Where's the justice? You do the crime, you do the time. Go to Ephesians chapter two. Let's see about that. Ephesians chapter two, look at verse three. Ephesians two, verse three. All of us also living among them at one time gratified the cravings of the sinful nature and followed his desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were all by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Look at verse eight, skip down. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, it is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. Not by works, so that no man may boast. Not by works, not by anything I did, but it's a gift. It's a gift from whom? Jesus. It's a free gift. Both thieves could have cast in on that free gift. One didn't see it, one saw it. And he cried out to Jesus. Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. This day. You feel guilty. You feel unworthy. You feel unlovable. And you feel ashamed. But he didn't want you to feel that way. Jesus doesn't say, you get what you deserve. If that's you today, and you're speaking all that over you, stop. If he's not speaking it over you, then you shouldn't be speaking it over yourself. You should not. Listen to me. I'm not here because I'm good. 
Mm-mm. I'm here because he's good. Come on, church. That, that we, that's how we walk all week this week. I'm not here because I'm good. I'm here because he's good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Let the redeemed walk around like they're redeemed. Let the redeemed walk around like they got a good, good father. Oh, he's good, man. And whether we say it or act like it doesn't change his goodness. We just miss out. Because he's good. He can't change. He's good, man. He's good. He's so good. I want you to go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. See how good he is. Psalm 103. <clears throat> Look at verse 10. Man, I love this. This will feel good reading this. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Mm. Mercy. We don't get the bad we deserve. Mm. Mercy. We don't get the bad we deserve. Grace. Mm. We get good. <laughs> we don't deserve. Oh, man. You and me? I get good, man. I don't deserve. You hear this often. I've said it. Why do bad things happen to good people? <laughs> that only happened once. Jesus volunteered for it. Think about that. Spotless lamb. Done nothing wrong. Born out of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Only happened once, friends. Jesus volunteered for it. Mercy. Not getting the punishment you deserve. Amen. Grace. Getting the blessing and the good you don't deserve. Man, how rich are you? How rich are you? I want to end with this. As a youth pastor right out of college, I got a fir my first full-time youth position right out of college. I was in Gladewater, Texas. I hadn't even met Melissa yet. And, uh, man, I had basically the entire football team and cheerleaders and everybody. I had a student ministry that was so large, man. It was awesome. And I had this girl... She was a cheerleader. Her freshman year, in the fall, we had a fifth quarter. Some of you know what fifth quarters are. She gave her life to Christ, brought by another cheerleader to the fifth quarter after a football game, gave her life to Christ, and was born again. That chick was, I mean, he, he, he changed her life, man. I mean, changed her life. And I just watched that, man, he transformed her just like that, man. We rocked on a couple of years, and 
She missed church a couple of Sundays. It was very unusual. So one Sunday, her dad was there, but her mom wasn't there. And I said, hey, where's Hope? I said, Jeff, uh, after church, I want, I want to talk to you. All right? So he comes up to me and says, hey, man, Hope's in a hospital in Dallas. She's got leukemia. I said, what are you talking about? I said, she's just jumping around, cheerleader, flipping in stuff. Just a couple of months ago. He said, yeah, she got leukemia. That's bad. I said, man, she's 16 years old. And I, I said, can I go see her? And he said, funny you say that. Last night she said, can you tell Jeff to come say hi? So Monday I drove to Dallas. I went upstairs, got off the elevator, went in her room. I'm sitting on the edge of her bed. She's kind of propped up behind with some pillows behind her. And I don't, I don't know, I'm just, I was sad, man. And she has this glow about her and this smile on her face, man. She's got all this stuff hooked up to her. She's in this nasty wing of the hospital. And she says, Jeff, do you know what it's like to have no hope? <laughs> I said, I don't. She said, neither do I. And then she leaned up and she put her hand on top of my hand and she said, God is good, Jeff. God is so good. Don't ever forget how good God is. She died two days later. I drove home and I was like, How do you, what depth does a person say that? 16, two months ago, jumping on a sideline. God is good. And I got ready to get up from that bed. I went to the door. I looked back at her and she said, he's good, Jeff. And he doesn't change. I can see it today. And every once in a while, I get into this period of my life where I have a pity party. You know what I'm reminded of? 16-year-old cheerleader sitting in a bed suffering from leukemia looked at me and said, God's good, man, and he doesn't change. And I drive this morning to see that moon. Y'all see that moon? Light up your whole house, amen? God is good, man. And the heavens declare his glory. Can the redeemed of the Lord. Praise him. Can the redeemed, the one set free, the one saved out of a mess, man, whether it's a little mess or a big mess, we're saved out of a mess. We are a mess, but we're redeemed by a good God who doesn't change. He doesn't change. Can you be reminded today how good he is? We have a good, good father, man. And his love his love is un, it's unmeasurable, man. And it never runs dry. I'm gonna ask you to stay in church. As the worship team makes their way back up, if you're here today and you say, Jeff, 
I'm in the place that thief was. I'm surrounded by his love and I'm surrounded by his goodness, but I'm a mess. And I want him to remember me in paradise. You cry out and you speak Jesus. And from your mouth, you declare. And he'll save you just like that. That thief said, Jesus. For he said, today remember me in paradise. And Jesus looked and answered him and said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Mm. If you're here and you're one of the redeemed, can you please stop living out of guilt? Stop being guilty for everything. Understand you're free. Understand he's good and understand he loves you. And live out of that. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And may you lead the band this week. It is time for you, church, to get up and speak how good your God is. We are rich, baby. Not because of what our checkbook balance says, because our king is Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you. You're good. Woo! And it doesn't change. It's not dependent on me saying it. You're just good. And I just need to get in on it. May my lips declare, as hope reminded me, God is good. And Jeff, he doesn't change. He doesn't change. That's our God. Let him love you today. Let him set you free today. Let him take that guilt away today. Let him hug you today. Today is a day of salvation, so let him save you today. Whether you're listening online, feel his hug. If you're listening on de- online, listen to me. Today's a day of salvation for you too. So God, this church, the redeemed, is about to say so. So as we worship, you move. You say yes. You speak. We're doing it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's worship. If you need to come, come, church. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.